Welcome back to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast. Apologies, we had a week off last week, had a few personal things going on, but we're back now, we're back this week, and we'll look back to another unfortunate loss to the Swans on Saturday afternoon, and look ahead, try and look ahead optimistically, I guess, to the clash against Port Adelaide on Sunday. Let's get into it. Little one-two with Crisp, and no one to go to inside forward 50. Buys a little time, now there's an option. McCreary surges forward. He kicked from this spot in the warm-up. Nathan Buckley was giving him some advice. He tugged it to the left on that occasion. This one is struck true, and Collingwood have the first goal of the afternoon. So before we get into the on-field side of things, I mean, the negative attention around the club in the past, well, the whole of this season, I guess, but... The past fortnight and even this week has just been absolutely monumental. It's quite extraordinary, really, and it just gets down to the little details, but also you know the bigger details as well. And look, on this episode or on this podcast in general, I guess I want to really focus majority on the on-field stuff, but there is off-field stuff to be spoken about. And that major thing, I guess, this week is the appointment of. Dr. Bridie O'Donnell to the board of directors and it's created a bit of a mind my language shitstorm I guess uh, within you know the, the footy community within the colonial community uh, especially if you jump on Facebook and Twitter it's kind of everywhere and it's got to the point where Dr. Dr. Bridie O'Donnell I went and had a check on her Twitter just before I started this episode and uh, she's actually locked her Twitter so only people that follow her or only people that have been approved by her to follow her can see her tweets so quite an interesting turn of events there where she's obviously copped some criticism uh copped some backlash and uh has decided to basically not close down her twitter but block out uh that kind of negative attention i guess but there's a couple of ways of looking at it i guess the first one from you know the positive side of her appointment i guess is you know, we need, do we need someone in there who is from outside the footy club and uh, who who may have not even gone for the footy club before this appointment? Now, I don't know, for me, if I was to all of a sudden, it depends on how passionate a supporter you are, but for, you know, my opinion, if I suddenly got a job at another football club, I'm not sure how easy it would be for me to actually change allegiances. I don't think it would be easy whatsoever in fact i'm not just not sure i'd do it now i might take the job but that doesn't mean that in my heart of hearts i stop going for the collingwood footy club i just don't think that would happen i mean publicly i could say all the right things and whatever else and i'm sure dr bridie o'donnell will and has done that but in my heart of hearts i'm not sure i could do that uh but maybe she wasn't a passion wasn't a passionate enough western bulldogs fan or whatever else to uh, actually stick with that allegiance and maybe now that she's obviously on the colonial board you know she she wants the best for the footy club and I don't doubt that whatsoever uh, and maybe we do need a fresh eyes that's outside the footy club who doesn't have potentially you know the Collingwood um, you know rose glasses on kind of thing that you know have has a narrow-minded view of things potentially uh, but on the other end I guess there's a heap of people that are really critical of the decision and think that we need a passionate Collingwood person uh, or passionate Collingwood people around the footy club and on the board to really uh, drive this team forward and drive us back to 
a successful position both from an on-field and off-field perspective. Uh, look, where do I sit on it? I don't know. As I said before, I just think if I went for another team, I'd find it extremely difficult to, in my heart of hearts, change to another team. Uh, but that doesn't mean that just because she might not go for the Collingwood Football Club, it uh, doesn't mean that she won't try and do her job successfully. And, you know, doing her job successfully is trying to make Collingwood more successful at the end of the day. So, I don't know. She can kind of say what she wants to publicly, I guess. But, again, I'm just not sure if I was all of a sudden employed by another footy team tomorrow how easily in my heart of hearts, I would all of a sudden change allegiances. I don't know. I think I'm one of the more passionate fans going around. So for me, I know it would be extremely difficult for me and it probably wouldn't happen. I might take the job. I might work for that footy club, but you know, in my heart of hearts, I just don't think anything major would change, to be honest. But there's obviously been huge uproar and debate uh, on Twitter across that so far this week since that appointment. Uh, the other thing... Came out today about Joffa. I'm not going to speak on that. Uh, we'll just see how things play out. Uh, but obviously, uh, Joffa's been a massive Collingwood person for years and years and decades uh, now. So uh, it's disappointing, but we'll just wait and see what happens there. And I won't comment too much on what is a pretty pre- precarious issue, I guess, at hand. So uh, we'll move on to the on-field side of things. I think... I want to just retract back to the North Melbourne game where we won by three goals. I, I, I just think that was, if you're a true supporter and you watch that game from an analytical point of view, I just don't think there was actually much change apart from the fact we just played a poorer team so the ball movement was a little bit better. I mean, why Aiden Bonner was playing on Jordan Ngoi for so long and allowed him to kick six goals was one of the you know poorer coaching moves I've seen this season. To be honest, I get you're trying to educate a young kid, but Dugowie took him to task, and you're just not going to get that every week. So for me, Dugowie kicked six. We only win by three goals. I left that game thinking, well, I mean, thank God we won, but it was still slightly disappointing. And maybe that win looks a little bit better. The fact that North came out on the weekend, just gone and beat the Hawks down here in Tassie, and from my point of view, I'm pretty up and about with the fact that the Pies might be a, a bottom four team, uh, but I'm actually filled with a household full of Hawthorne supporters. So I can at least claim that I go for the best team in the household of you know who we support, if that makes sense. So uh, that can always uh, get me to sleep at night, which is good. But uh, no, if we look forward to uh, the Saturday's game just gone, and I didn't actually watch the first three quarters live which is always a funny thing because I always kind of decide in my head or question in my head whether or not the watching the game live is the best actual way to look at it uh, and get your feelings about a game or whether it's actually going back watching a replay and trying to pinpoint different things and potentially not getting caught up in the emotion of it because you know the end result. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, I had a, a funeral to attend to on Saturday afternoon, which is never, you don't want to go to a funeral ever. Uh, it's, you know, obviously very disappointing and, and sad place to be, but, you know, also it was on at the same time as the Pies game on uh, on Sydney, uh, against Sydney on Saturday, I should say. And, 
yeah, there's not too many things that get me away from a Collingwood game, but this was one of them, and uh, I love the Collingwood Footy Club uh, a lot and very much, but uh, I do love my family and friends more, so there's uh, clearly some precedence there that I've got to uh, I've got to take on family and friends over Collingwood. Sometimes, other times, things might not be as important, and I might uh, take uh, <laughs> take the Collingwood Footy Club over different things, but. Uh, yeah, I had a funeral to go to, and I remember walking out of it, uh, and I checked my phone, and the first thing that popped up was my dad texted me and said, uh, good first quarter, and so I was like, oh, cool, yep, nice, and then I kind of checked the time, and I was like, oh, probably like th- you know, the third quarter now, hopefully you know, that's kept up, but in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, if we continue to play well, I feel like dad would have continued to text me you know, the, you know, the scores or just... Uh, told me that we played well anyway i checked the scores on the afl app and we hadn't kicked a goal since that first quarter so i don't know i didn't really i mean i guess i missed out on a on a good first quarter live uh but i didn't really miss out on too much did i in the second and third quarters i just don't understand really i mean you know some coaching changes potentially from john longmire i guess uh after that first quarter but to to kick four goals in the first quarter and look to be Moving the ball well, moving the ball freely, giving our forwards a chance. Jordy kicked two goals early on. From going there to kicking one goal for the rest of the game, I mean, I, I don't actually know how that happens. Because you would have thought that, you know, last quarter we're down three goals. You might actually try and, you know, change things up and, and get more attacking. But, you know, we only kicked a goal, one goal in the last quarter. I mean, at this point, you know, you're copping your four or five goal losses. I'd rather lose 120 to 90 than 70 to 40. Like, I know that oftentimes I try and say, you know, we we hang ourselves on our defense kind of thing. Uh, but from a supporter's point of view, you've got to try and, you know, get some enjoyment out of the game. And even if you lose, you've got to try and see some positive signs. And, you know, most fans and most spectators not just for Collingwood but league-wide want to say want to see entertaining high-scoring footy now I don't think that's how you generally win games of football and I don't think that's how you ultimately win premierships but if you're in a rebuilding stage where the kind of win-loss isn't necessarily the end game I guess you you want to see some positivity and unfortunately we're not seeing a whole lot of that at the moment because yes you get these young guys coming in and yes they've got some talent but they're not allowed to showcase their talent well enough in a style of play that is restricting their natural abilities and their natural talent uh, and unfortunately it means that we don't get to see the best of the young players we don't necessarily get to see the best of the older players as well who, who still have the, you know the, the talent to burn so it's it's just really disappointing and I feel like we just continue to go over and over it and over it every week uh it's just I don't know where we go from here look the season's the season's gone I mean I would try and look at it optimistically but you're two and seven it's just I don't think there's any coming back from there I mean realistically you've got to win probably 13 games 12 13 games this season I mean that means you go 11 of your last 13 games, 14 games. It's just, sorry, yeah, 13 games, I should say. It's just, it's not going to happen. So, it's just, I guess, I, I continue to harp on it. It's about 
blooding the youngsters, but doing it in a, in a fashion that they can actually, you know, breathe and not have to feel like they're playing to a stringent, you know, restrictive game style and, and you know playing in a way that allows them to express themselves and express their talents. Uh, I mean. You look at Ollie Henry, for example, the, the, the kid has five possessions. Yes, he has some fumbles. Yes, he drops some marks. But I just wonder if that's a product of our game style and not giving confidence in any of our players to really take the game on, be aggressive. It's just it's hard to see that as a fan uh, and as a spectator watching the game. It's just, it's just really difficult. And, you know, playing forward of the ball for the Collingwood Footy Club at the moment is the toughest job in footy, to be honest. It's just impossible. I mean, Geordie Dugowie, we can all say, has been you know, slightly disappointing outside of last week. I thought he was pretty good on the weekend. Again, he limited opportunity, two goals, 15 possessions. I know he got his first, you know, his two goals in the first 10 minutes of the game or whatever else, but what else can he do? Like, just as a forward up there, it's just so difficult to to actually contribute and play well. But, I mean, Henry, he's probably got to go back to the VFL to try and get his confidence back up. But we're going to see a thing where he does do that and he goes and gets his 12 you know, dozen marks kind of thing. Not 12 dozen, 12 a dozen, they're the same thing. But you know what I mean. Uh, he'll do that. He might get his 20 possessions. He might kick a couple of goals. And he does get his confidence up and then he comes back in, but he plays in the senior team with a game style that just doesn't allow him to express his God-given talent as a footballer. It just, it is disappointing. I mean, the positives, I guess, we'd look at, you know, Bo McCreary. I thought he was, you know, all right again. He's clearly been a, a good find for us, I think, this season. Hopefully he continues to, to develop. I thought Keane was okay. Took some intercept marks. Uh, Poulter, I think Poulter and McCreary are two players. I think we can try and, you know, uh, hang, our, hang our hat on as two blokes that, are clearly going to be players of the future. Now, what kind of level they can get to, we don't know. But this is pretty good signs from them to play this well in a team that's this poor. So I think it's uh, there's some bright spots there, that's for sure. I mean, I like Dacos back through the midfield. I know he kind of had an off game against North Melbourne, uh, but... I think that was probably down to... There was some reported gastro going on there, but I mean, he has... 42% centre bounds attendances, which isn't overly high, but there was some usage throughout the midfield there, which I did like. Tyler Brown, look, I like that Bucks threw Tyler Brown in there because it's been a real pain in the backside of mine uh, for the last 18 months or so. Is Tyler Brown playing in the senior team and playing as a wingman? Or I've seen Tyler Brown play full forward for Collingwood. Like, what are, what are we doing with that? Like, if he's going to be in the team, this is like, you know, all the young guys, if they're going to be in the team, give them a crack in their natural position. I think Tyler Brown is a natural midfielder, an inside midfielder. And did he play overly well? No, like, he wasn't outstanding. He was okay, I guess, at the end of the day. But I like, at least we saw that move. We saw him into the midfield. I kind of like Pendles forward. Pendles, I saw that today. Pendles is leading the league in goal assists which for a team that struggles to score as much as we do is the most incredible stat I think I've seen all season. For one of our players to be leading in goal assists, that's that's downright extraordinary. So, look, I like Dacos and Tyler Brown. My issue with the Brown boys, Cullen Brown played on the weekend, uh, come back into the lineup. 
My issue with them is that the kicking just really lacks penetration. It just really does. And when you have suspect kicking skills and when you have a lack of penetration in your kicking, then you've got to find something else in your game. And as an inside midfielder, if you don't have the foot skills, uh, if you don't have uh, the elite kicking penetration, then you need to be able to go and get the ball inside 30 times a game and feed it out to the outside runner and outside runners and better users and you know your likes of Tom Mitchell, Clayton Oliver, that kind of thing, uh, who can get 30, 35 possessions a week. Uh, but I look at Tyler Brown, I think, does he ever become a player that will get you 25, 30? Can he be a Taylor Adams type? And for what it's worth, I think Taylor Adams has gratefully, sorry, gratefully, uh, well, yeah, I guess gratefully as well, uh, improved his kicking uh, in the last few seasons. I think he's now a pretty good kick, uh, but he was the type when he first came to Collingwood where his kicking skills were definitely questioned, and I just wonder, can Tyler Brown either become a player who's a good kick, or can he become a player that gets you 25, 30 possessions a game? And I'm just not sure if I'm seeing that right now, but in saying that, he's a young player. He's got he's got time on his side, I think, uh, and at least he's been given the opportunity there to try and perform in the midfield. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you hit one goal after quarter time, it really says it all. I mean, our best player on, on the uh, on the afternoon was Will Hoskin-Elliott, which uh, I don't think that's saying too much about where this footy club's at. But to be fair to Wilbur, he played well. I mean, 23 disposals, you know, 10 marks, 4 tackles, a goal. Uh, I thought it was his, certainly his best game for the season. It may have shut a, uh, a few haters up, that's for sure. But uh, other than that, I mean, there's guys that go out there and get possessions and whatnot, but... Yeah, we, we're just struggling to have any impact on the scoreboard, and when you're not doing that, you're not going to win games of footy, are you? And kick from right on 50 here. Gives it a ride. Meyer check across the face, won't register. Hickey is back, so too to Gully, and they couldn't affect the spoil. You can see Rampy there. He'll play on quickly to Gully around the corner, and he's backed up what he did against North Melbourne. He's on the board early here, and the Pies have the first two. Apologies for the little bit of background noise there for the past few minutes. I uh, just had someone, unfortunately, take a shower on the top floor right above me. And uh, unfortunately, my headphones aren't good enough to eliminate all that noise. Uh, So apologies for that. But moving on to the game on Sunday against Port Adelaide. And fortunately, I'm recording this podcast on Thursday night and the teams have literally just dropped. Uh, So... I don't have to do too much guesswork, I guess, with the teams. But, of course, we are playing on Sunday. So it is, it is an extended squad. Uh, and, therefore, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens tomorrow night come the final teams. But we'll try and hypothesize from here what kind of lineups uh, or lineup we may be looking at heading into Sunday's game, the MCG 320 start. If we look at the extended squad, so Ollie Henry has been omitted. He's the one omission. Four ins. Uh, Trent Bianco for a possible debut. Taylor Adams back from injury a week earlier than expected, so that is fantastic news. Nathan Murphy and Jordan Ruffhead coming off their concussions that they sustained against North Melbourne. Look, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they all play. <laughs> Literally, I think they all play. Uh, here's why. So, I think Bianco's form at VFL level, I know he's only played two games. I just think it's undeniable. For a guy to miss that much footy and come back and be this good in his first couple of weeks, he looks like a serious player. And we've got to remember that this guy was captain of an under-18s team that had the likes of Matt Rowell and Noah Anderson and a couple of 
really good uh, elite young players in the competition. He was captain of the side. He's highly regarded. Uh, I think he was a great pickup in the draft uh, a couple of years back. And uh, I think I think he plays. I just think uh, there's a spot there half back that uh, can open up, and I just think I think he plays. Uh, Taylor Adams obviously plays. That's a must, uh, and you know, a great return. I just think we've really forgotten how good and how important he is. Uh, I mean, we're you know always complaining about you know Brody Grundy and his lack of I guess cohesion with the midfield group and not taking uh, enough. Um, dominance out of his hit-out dominance, uh, but Taylor Adams is a real big key part of that, and thoroughly looking forward to him being back out on the park, not just as a football, but as a leader out there, and at the moment, I think I look at Scott Pendlebury, I look at Steel Sidebottom, and I think who else is out there that, you know, is that is that real uh, leadership and, and provides those leadership qualities out in the field at the moment? I mean, Darcy Moore, Brody Grundy, these kind of guys, but they're still you know young players just getting into their prime of their careers kind of thing. And I think Taylor Adams is just behind kind of Steele and Scotty in terms of you know he's still right in the peak of his career. And I think we're lacking players like that at the moment that are absolutely in their peaks. We've got a lot of young players, we've got a few older players, uh, and we're just I think lacking some guys that are real in their peak of their career. And I think you know that quartet of you know Adams. Grundy, Moore, and Dugowie, those kind of guys, should be the ones in their peak uh, and really driving this group forward. So uh, really going to be good to see him back from a playing standpoint and a leadership standpoint on Sunday. And Murphy and Roughhead, obviously, out due to concussion uh, last week against Suns. I think they come back in as well. I mean, I, I just think Murphy, you know, God willing, he... Uh, he can stay injury-free for the rest of the season because up until that concussion against North, I've really liked what he's been doing as that kind of half-back wing type. Uh, I, I really like He's obviously super courageous. Uh, and, I, yeah, I've really liked what he's brought to the table in his couple of games uh, before that concussion. So I think he plays and Roughhead plays. Uh, the ones out for me, I think Henry's obviously a named out there. But the other three, I'm not going to include Madgen. He was the 23rd man, didn't get... Uh, fortunately, that was probably one of the positives of the game. We didn't have any injuries, so he didn't see any game time. Uh, so out of the 22 that I can see coming out, I think Tom Wilson. Now, I know I absolutely go on about you know giving guys opportunity and not just throwing them in for one game and then taking them back out, but I think this is an exception to the rule flat out because he was clearly a replacement for Jordan Ruffhead. He, he just was, and... For that reason, I don't think there's any harm uh, in him coming in for one week and then going back to the VFL. I think he would be, he would know that that was probably the case. The fact that, hey, I got my opportunity because of injury. And some players really take that opportunity and just force themselves to stay in the team with a really good performance. And well, he wasn't disgraced, but I don't think he did enough to necessarily hold his spot given that Roughhead is back and available. Uh, the other two that I think go out, Callum Brown obviously came back in last week. I mean, how many times do you have to go back to him? And I just keep saying, what does he bring to the table? What what What's his strength? Is he tackling? Is his forward pressure? I just don't think his tackling is overly great. I think he gets his tackles broken quite a bit. I mean, he lacks kicking penetration I spoke about before. I don't think he has. He has some speed, I guess, but 
you've actually got to get the ball a fair bit to use that speed. I don't think he does. Like, what's he actually bring? I don't want to be too you know, critical of the guy, but it's just the reality of the situation, isn't it? And the other one I'm going to put out, uh, and it might be a bit stiff, but that's Tyler Brown. I spoke about before, I, I like the fact that uh, the you know the opportunity arose for him to go through the midfield, and I'm I'm a real fan of that. Uh, but in saying that, I think that for him to develop into that midfield, he needs to be given that opportunity. And I think with Adams back, he's not going to be given that opportunity. So instead of having him stuck out on a wing or stuck at half forward, <laughs> bloody full forward, just somewhere where he's not naturally uh, you know prone to playing in that area then why not send him back to the VFL where he can play alongside a Finlay McRae, for example, two guys that we hope can develop into really you know, great, hopefully you know, superstar on ballers for us maybe in the next five, ten years. So I would just prefer to give him that opportunity than put him in a place where he's not comfortable and where he doesn't play his best footy in the senior team. And I just think it really comes down to they're clearly going to continue to play still side bottom inside, uh, which is... I guess one thing they could do, they could put Steele more to the outside on a wing half forward, uh, kind of like Pendles, I guess, uh, and try and use his foot skills and give Tyler Brown that opportunity next to Taylor Adams. Uh, but if you're going to play side bottom in there, Adams is obviously going to play in there. Then it really comes down to, I guess, the likes. Would I rather have Dacos in there or would I rather have Tyler Brown? And I think Dacos can handle himself more on a half forward flank or on a wing. But I actually think Josh Dacos can be a star midfielder. And to me, I just see more upside in him than Tyler Brown. So I'd rather give him more opportunity through you know, the midfield. And I just think his ability, we've seen his ability to rove packs in the forward line. I just think he's got a an incredible sense that not many players have. And I think his ability to rove to Brody Grundy could really have a great impact for us moving forward. So I'd prefer to give him that opportunity. And you know, it also allows... Tyler Brown to go back to the VFL and continue to ply his trade there uh, and improve and wait for another opportunity to open up in that inside midfield spot. I actually don't think it'll happen. I think Tyler Brown will play. I think he was good enough. But what I don't want to see is Tyler Brown be pushed to a wing, be pushed to a half forward flank or something like that and not play in his natural position because then I think it's just an absolute waste. It's just a waste, really. So they would be my four changes uh, would be uh, Bianca, Adams, Murphy, and Roughhead in for Henry, Wilson, and the Brown boys. Uh, what we see, we'll, we'll wait and see tomorrow night. But looking into Port Adelaide, they've got a few potential changes here. They brought in six players, dropped three already. So we've got uh, Jared Linett, Trent McKenzie, Boyd Woodcock, Sam Mays, Lockie Jones, Dan Houston in, uh, Martin Frederick, Tom Clurian, and Orazio Fantasia are out. Uh, unfortunately, Fantasia is out because... Uh, I've got him in my fantasy team. He's been stinking it up the last couple of three, two of the last three weeks. But uh, I'll have to make a move there in, t- in, t- in terms of my fantasy team. But, uh, I mean, some of these guys we're talking about, I mean, Clure is a big loss for them, not from a, a just a generally a, a, a playing sense, but also from a leadership sense. He gives a lot of direction in that back line. Uh, but, I mean, the guys that have come in, are all kind of fringe players at best. The only player that's clearly a, a really fantastic player is Dan Houston. And it'll be interesting to see with Cleary out whether he goes back into defence or whether or not he resumes his midfield role that he had prior to injury. But apart from that, I mean, Lockie Jones is a good young player. 
uh, but he's only played a couple of games. Sam Mays is kind of a journeyman. Boyd Woodcock's a good young player, but he's a small forward inconsistency there. Trent McKenzie's a journeyman as well. He's probably the one that will come in for Cleary as that kind of undersized key defender type. Uh, and Lean, it's a halfback flank that's been in and out for quite a while. But, uh, I mean, Port Adelaide, <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of unfortunate because they're known as flat-track bullies, uh, which would be a good thing if we were actually a good team, but we're not. So they've been you know, beating up on teams pretty easily that are, are clearly inferior to them, but then they've had games against the Dogs last week and Brisbane a couple of weeks ago where they've really struggled and actually got beat up themselves. So, I mean, it doesn't really bode well, I don't think, for us, the fact that they're coming off a loss, they're going to want to atone for that loss, uh, and the fact that they're known for beating up on inferior teams uh, and, and being known, I guess, as flat-track bullies. So it doesn't bode well at all. I mean, the fact that the game to the MCG is obviously a positive for us. Uh, we don't have to go over there and deal with a hostile you know, Adelaide, South Australian crowd, which is probably the known as, I guess, the hardest trip in footy nowadays to go over there. They're, it's crazy, really. But, uh, yeah, I guess the fact that the MCG is a positive, but... I don't know. I want to try and be optimistic, uh, but really the win-loss thing for me at the moment, it doesn't really matter. It's just the, the matter of how we play. Uh, and obviously, you know, if we win the game, it, it means we've played well, but I don't think the win-loss thing is necessarily down to it. I mean, from a fan's point of view, I mean, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan in the NBA. We played the Lakers today. I watched the full game. I mean, we lost, but I was super proud with the way we played. I was really, really happy, and we lost the game. I mean, I was disappointed in losing, but the process and how we played against defending champions, I thought was absolutely fantastic. I was really happy with it. So I don't think there's any harm given. We've got to understand where the Collingwood um, footy team is at the moment, and we can't just be expecting to go out and win uh, every game we play. And we've kind of got to go into these games thinking, yes, we're a young developing team now. We're expected to lose this game, but even if we do, where can we find the positives? And we can play well against you know a team like Port Adelaide, who's a good team. We can play well and still lose, I think. And at the moment, though, we're losing games of footy, and we're clearly playing really badly. And if you just... I know David Noble said it a few weeks ago in regards to North, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, but if you just get the process right, then the results will start to follow. Uh, and unfortunately, we're not getting the process right at the moment. So, and, you know, a, a win over North Melbourne, a win over Hawthorne later in the year is not going to cover over any of these cracks. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'll be back uh, and be able to watch it live on Sunday, which is good. Um, but, yeah, we'll just wait and see what happens. If I had to put a prediction on it uh, from a purely analytical point of view without any bias, I'd probably say Port by five goals, similar to the Swans last week. I mean... I think our defence is still good enough to, uh, as I keep saying, to not necessarily lose and be blown out by 50, 60 points, but we're just not putting points on the score. Uh, scoreboard against a pretty good port defence, I don't see that really changing. So probably in in for another low-scoring dire affair where they win like 80 to 50 or something. But uh, <laughs> we'll just wait and see what happens. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm sorry for being super negative uh, and down. I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic, but it's really hard because at the end of the day, I want to... Just try and talk about what I see, and unfortunately, at the moment, I'm not seeing too many good things from an on-field and off-field standpoint, I guess. So, uh, yeah, let's hope for a Pies win on Sunday and uh, maybe more enjoyable next week. Cheers, guys.